Welcome to today's episode of Texas. We're excited to be joined by Claire Anderson, who is a seasoned expert in the non-profit sector with over 10 years experience working with charities in the Dundee area. I'm Mark Riddell and this is the Texas Podcast. We publish a new episode every Wednesday packed full of IT and cybersecurity advice to help businesses like yours to make the right decisions and get the best from your technology investment. Make sure to follow Texas on your favourite podcast player to ensure you don't miss future episodes. Claire is the charity manager at Radio Tay's Cash for Kids, which is a grant-given charity helping children that need it most. Their mission is to improve the lives of disadvantaged children and young people in the our communities who are affected by poverty, illness, neglect, or have additional needs. Cash for Kids are also our charity partner for Q1 2023, with the total number of customer reviews we receive via our IT help desk is converted into pounds and donated to the charity. During our conversation, we'll be getting an inside look at the work Cash for Kids is doing to make a difference in our community. We'll find out how the charity has adapted to changes brought on by the pandemic and how listeners like you can get involved and help make a difference in the lives of those in need. So without further ado, please welcome Claire to the show. Hi Mark, thank you for having me today. Thanks for joining us today, Claire. It's great to have you here. So as a manager of Cash for Kids, you've dedicated your career to making a difference in the lives of children and families in our communities. So can you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to pursue this kind of work and how you got started with Cash for Kids? Going right back to my university days, I was sure I was going to be some hotshot lawyer. That was always what I wanted to do. Five years at university and then decided actually that's not for me. That's not the road I want to go down. I mean, it was great. That's where I met my husband at university. So it was, you know, had some pros there, but didn't go down that career path and just decided that helping within the community was something that I've always loved to do, always enjoyed. And, you know, probably when I retire, the retirement age by that time is probably going to be about 70, 80 plus at this rate. So I may as well find a career that I love that I'm going to be working in for a very long time. So that's what I decided to do. So I left university and just picked up a wee part-time job in Tesco call centre actually for a little bit. And while I was doing that, just picked up some volunteer work with various different charitable organisations to get a bit of a feel for different aspects of fundraising and also worked a little bit with Citizens Advice as a volunteer there as well and just really enjoyed it. And for me, those volunteering opportunities really confirmed that that's the career I wanted to be in. I wanted to work in the third sector. I wanted to help people in the local area started off my career with a cancer charity, a local cancer charity. And when I was looking to progress within my fundraising career, an opportunity came up at Cash for Kids to become the charity manager of Cash for Kids, which is where I've been now for a few years. About six years now, is that right? Born to your life Yeah, it's coming up for think about six years now. So I've been charity manager at Cash for Kids for a long time, six years, but it's been great. No two days are the same love helping people out and it's not just in Dundee it's across Tayside and North East Fife so I've got to know a lot of other local areas within that region as well which has been great. Increase my local knowledge of those areas because we're covering Dundee, Perth, Angus, North East Fife too. Do you have a specific story about a child or family that the charity has helped that really stands out to you that you can share with us? Yeah I mean I think there are so many stories of what we do and Sometimes it's helping someone in the short term because they need help to put food on the table, as an example. But there are also really life-changing stories that just really stick with you. 
And one of them at the moment, actually, a local girl in Dundee, she's 15 now. They applied to us a few years ago, came to Cash for Kids because the family couldn't afford swimming lessons. So the girl has autism and other additional support needs. And they wanted to do something, some extracurricular activity. They could get her out, help her to build friendships, build her confidence. She really enjoyed swimming. The family just simply couldn't afford those swimming lessons. So they came to Cash for Kids. We've been able to fund those swimming lessons and have done for a number of years. And this year, she's actually been picked to represent Team GB at the Special Olympics in Berlin, which is just absolutely just incredible. So proud of her. It almost feels like she, she could be my own. You know, it's so proud of her, you know, to have that and to see that journey from not even being able to afford swimming lessons to now being given this amazing opportunity. I think I'm right in saying she is the only Scot as well, the only Scottish person that has been chosen for that Special Olympics team in GB, which is just incredible. So yes, and she is still to this day, you know, we still help to fund those swimming lessons for her. So without those swimming lessons, and I'm sure her and her dad would say the same, without Cash for Kids, she wouldn't be where she is today. So it's great to see that doing something like that, that hasn't cost Cash for Kids a great deal of money either in comparison to some of the other things that we fund, but actually that making that small difference has had a huge impact on her life and where she is today. And it's just that's just incredible. For me, that's something I'll, I'll never forget. I'll always remember that. That's a story to tell, isn't it? It justifies what you do. And it's something that the experience of doing this will, will stay with, with her for the rest of her life as well. So that's Absolutely pretty special. Absolutely life-changing. You know, sometimes, yes, there is families there that we do, you know, support with food on the table and making sure they've got warm clothing on their backs. It's amazing. But when you can do something like this to help someone like that, something just yeah we'll help fund the cost of going to swimming lessons for so many weeks and then as she liked that she came back she's can you help me again i need a swimming costume i need goggles all sorts of things to then start that journey and just think that was just to build her confidence and certainly build a friendship group for her as well because i think she wasn't high in confidence and a lot of issues and building again building barriers try to break down barriers sorry to build friendships with people because of her additional support needs so to see that and then to see the journey that she's been on now and speaking to her dad just last week and they've had the Special Olympics team in doing interviews with her. They've had the BBC in interviewing her. And it's just incredible to see that. So like I say, so proud of her, as I'm sure our parents and, and the rest of our family and friends are as well. And she does say that and her dad will say that that, that wouldn't be impossible without Cash for Kids. And it's just amazing to hear that feedback. That is amazing, actually. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. That's, that's really powerful, actually. Not something I expected you to say when I asked you that question, that, that kind of success story. But yeah, that's really cool. Thanks for that. I was just thinking there that now we've been doing this for a couple of years with the charity partnership. And so I think you're now the ninth, Cash Rick is with the ninth charity partner that we've had since the start of 2021. And every one of them I've spoken to on the podcast has always talked about the pandemic and how they've had to adapt to keep doing what they do and help the people they help during the pandemic. So how did Cash for Kids adapt during the pandemic? And did you have any creative solutions to be able to continue doing what you're doing or how did things change? Yeah, the pandemic definitely changed the way everybody worked, whether, you know, charities, businesses alike, everyone was affected. We went all of a sudden from working within the radio station to working from home, which we still do. And we had to all of a sudden reassess the way we thought about things. So you know, our key fundraising core campaigns like Cash for Kids Day, Mission Christmas, which are about going out to places, raising funds, getting the presenters out there, all of a sudden that couldn't take place. So where does the fundraising come from? How do we operate Mission Christmas? 
with lots of volunteers in the building where all of a sudden you can't and there was all the social distancing involved. So what we did was within a week or so of announcing the lockdown and everyone being confined to their homes, we announced our cost of living COVID appeal fundraiser that sat online. So we had to adapt in that way. And what we did was we said, look, we can't help you in the ways that we normally do and our normal fundraising can't take place. But we would reach out. We applied to lots of local trusts, lots of businesses who were in a position at that time, very fortunate enough that they were in a position to give us a little bit of funding. And we changed our whole grant system. So we did away with our general grants and going out to places to give them actual beds and things like that. And instead said, we'll focus on giving out cash donations, not to the individual families. It goes through the charities, the health workers, the social workers. So they would apply for funding because that family needed help with food. For example, lots of people would be made redundant and that had a big impact. All of a sudden, they were getting a paycheck one month and the next month there was nothing there. And they were on furlough and that was really difficult. So we would transfer the funds to the beneficiaries that applied and then we would get that those food parcels and things out to the families, depending on what way they needed that. And that happened really quickly. So we got our finance team involved and they were great. They were able to actually distribute those funds so quickly. So if you put an application into me on a Monday, within two days, it could be done, application processed, approved by ourselves and our Cash for Kids team. And the, the money would be in that beneficiary's bank by the end of that week. We were able to turn things around really, really quickly, which is the feedback that we got from our beneficiaries was obviously that that was really helpful. And it was things like food, but there was also mental health packs and activity packs as well, because for a lot of children and young carers as well, people like that, they actually all of a sudden are completely isolated at home with no one to see, no one, no support network they can go to. There was online things, again, charities that had to adapt and, and put support systems in place to, to speak to people online, but it's not the same. Um, so we would give out mental health and wellbeing activity packs that can be distributed one of the one of the ways we distributed that was working through Dundee United Football Club with local schools and we gave them funding and they had like a backpack with like a book, some some colouring in and mindfulness sort of activities that they could do that the kids could be given left on the doorstep so you're not worrying about breaking any COVID social distancing rules or contact or anything like that. And then it made sure that those kids had something that they could do to take themselves off to a quiet space, maybe when th- something became a bit overwhelming or they needed that quiet time. So we did adapt to do something like that, which is not something that we would have done um, maybe previously and the way that we did it and the way we were able to che- quickly grant out that money through backs transfers was just a different way of working. And it was great to see the charity be agile and be able to make those changes so quickly. It's good. Yeah. And has that continued? Do you still work in that way now or have things kind of reverted back to how things were before or? Yeah, so we are continuing. So, so far this year, actually, we have set up a cost of living fund. And so we've taken that model. It still exists. We just, and it's, we've given out £60,000 so far this year, which is amazing, which is thanks to people like yourself who fundraise for us. We couldn't do it without you. And that money has gone into food parcels, helping with gas, electricity costs, things like that. But we are still over and above that doing our additional grant rounds as well. We're back to doing our, being, having that funding there to do our general grant rounds. So when the fundraising was down because of the impact of the pandemic, we couldn't always do our general grant rounds and we focused on the COVID appeal. Um, now we're doing a cost of living appeal, very similar, and we grant out in the same way as we did with the COVID appeal, but we're also now back to doing our general grant rounds as well. So we've just had our first grant round of the year. So in addition to that 60,000 that we've granted out already, We've granted out applications for a grant round just shy of about seventeen and a half thousand pounds worth, 
and for children and that is you know last week i was ordering the washing machine for someone i've ordered beds for people and we have been able to go and order them and get them delivered to the beneficiary's home address which we weren't able to do during the pandemic so yeah we are doing taking what we've learned and adapted but also then trying to go back to some of the things that we did before as well which is good see whenever i speak to charities i'm always just like the amount of stuff all charities do is just incredible you know like like someone said it's like charities just fill the gap between what people can get like through the government and whether it's stuff like what we're talking about here or whether it's help with a disability or something else it's like charities do so much to fill the gap and, and help people that just i just don't understand how bad things would be without charities like this doing their bits and one of the questions I was going to ask about was specific fundraising and projects. You've probably already answered some of the questions with the cost of living stuff, but is there anything else kind of ongoing or coming up that you want to talk about? Yeah. So our next big thing is Cash for Kids Day. It will be since the COVID pandemic, you know, we tried to do things around Cash for Kids Day. It was always superhero themed. We had a superhero theme and we would encourage schools and nurseries and businesses to get dressed up, do something on that day so that we can go out and visit. Our presenters can go out and visit. And we obviously haven't been able to do that the last two or three years with everything that happened. And um, we focus more on encouraging people to do like a running event or a walking event that they can do in their own time outdoors and things. So this year we're bringing Cash for Kids Day back the way it would have been before, hoping to get out and visit lots of supporters, which will be amazing. And it's going to be themed around music and dressing like a pop star. So if you want to get involved, Mark, you know, thinking about who you might, <laughs> what pop star you might want to dress up as would be amazing. Our presenters are dressing up, so our breakfast team are going to be, I believe, I'm not sure if I can say that or not, maybe a wee exclusive there, a Britney Spears and a Justin Timberlake is what we're going to have, our breakfast team dressed up Please as. tell me it's Stuart Webster's Britney Spears. No, he is actually going to be Michael Jackson. Ah. <laughs> so, there you are. Like I say, I don't know if that is supposed to be common knowledge or not yet, but that's an exclusive, if you like, just for you. <laughs> if it's not, then we can edit it out. But if it is, it's staying in. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first. Heard it here first. I believe he is going to be Michael Jackson. They have had to submit what they want to be dressed up as so that I can get their costumes and things ordered. So, I think Michael Jackson for Webster and our breakfast team are going to be Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake as well. So, Because we've got the Hits radio station, which is like TFM, and then we've got Greatest Hits with Webster as well. So there's the two different radio station platforms there, slightly different music genres that they play. So they will both be getting involved, which will be great. And it'll be great to just go out and see people again and visit. Say we haven't been able to do that at Cash for Kids Day for the last couple of years. So to be able to actually go and visit people who are fundraising for us, to take those presenters along and get involved with the activities that they're doing, is amazing so yeah i'm literally looking forward to that and what is the date for the day you got a date for that it yet? is the 28th of april so it's not long won't be long coming around 28th of april and all of the money that we raise through cash for kids day will go into our cost of living fund so we had sixty pound. we've granted that funding out the fund's now closed but there are lots of families getting in touch to say actually you know i need that i still need that support or i have i missed out when will your applications reopen? They can't reopen until we build up another fundraising pot. So what we're going to say is that for Cash for Kids Day, all of the funds that we raise will be distributed to families in the local area across Tayside and North East Fife through our cost of living fund. So health workers, social workers, charitable organisations will be able to make an application. So not a lot of pressure, is it? Riding on Cash for Kids Day. 
So all of the money that we raise, the success of that will determine how much money we have to then be able to open up our cost of living fund to see how many more families we can help. I mean, if I think about that, what I might have to dress up as. I did actually dress up as actual Rose from Guns N' Roses. Still got the photos for that. That was a great outfit. I had the, the fake tattoos and the arm and everything. Really good. And you go and dig out the long ginger wig that I had on for that. But yeah, it was quite a good outfit. One of my better ones. <laughs> I want to see some photos of that, Mark. Go and dig it out, get it on, get some photos. Yeah, I don't think I ever shared any of those photos on LinkedIn of that. But yeah, I might have to go and do that, actually. They're quite good. Well, in addition to the kind of work with the charity, thinking outside of work, what are some of your hobbies and passions? I mean, I've known you for a few years, but I don't actually know you too much other than the charity manager for Cash for Kids. But what else do you get up to? I think aside from being taxi driver for my daughter, taking her to various dance lessons and brownies and that sort of thing, that tends to be what parents do, isn't it? They end up becoming the taxi driver for their children who seem to have a better social life than the parents, for sure. But outside of that, I really like football. So I, for my sins, some might say a Dundee United fan. They're not doing very well at the moment, but I like to go along to the Dundee United games with my dad. I've had a season like it since I was a teenager, so a long time. Really like to get involved with that. And I also like travel. So holidays, I'm always thinking about when the next holiday might be, where can we go? Our last holiday was to Disneyland, so that's a slightly different holiday because that's very full on with young children. <laughs> Too much excitement. It's great. It's a great experience. But I do very much prefer to go and lie somewhere on a beach somewhere and sit and lie there with a cocktail in hand and do nothing else. A nice relaxing holiday. <laughs> Have you got anything planned this year holiday-wise? Not yet, not yet. My friend gets married this year in the summer holidays, so I'm just trying to work around when and when might be the best time to go between Hindus and things like that and then the wedding itself. And she's a teacher, so, you know, Hindus in the Easter holidays, so that sort of <laughs> conflicts right in the middle, right in the middle. So that'll conflict with what we might be able to do there. And then her wedding is in the summer holidays, so I'm not sure. Maybe somewhere in October, which will be nice to get away when it's getting a bit colder here then to go to a sunnier climb that would be good chance to recharge the batteries before the whole cash for kids christmas stuff kicks off probably straight after you come back in october right yeah absolutely i mean we're already talking about mission christmas now dare i say it we're already talking about christmas now christmas some people just think we are here for christmas and i keep saying you know we're not we're here all year round like people say a dog's not just for life for christmas it's for life cash for kids is not just for christmas we're for life we're here all year and we talk about it all the time. I mean, I think next week I'm going to pick up 100 rolls of Christmas wrapping paper from a company who's very generously donated them from what they've had left over from previous year. So, How do you buy Christmas wrapping paper this time of year, right? Yeah, well, that's the thing. So sometimes once we've done Mission Christmas, most people after Christmas think, oh, Christmas, right, don't have to think about it again until the following year. But we think about it all the time. It's our biggest campaign. And a lot of companies have things like wrapping paper where you know, it might just end up getting thrown out. And rather than going to landfill, we will take it. So we, we get in contact with the supermarkets and some of the other local businesses and they very kindly donate wrapping paper to us. So in January, February, they get in touch with us. And that's what we do in January, February. We go around all the shops, picking up all the wrapping paper, ready to go again for next time. But yeah, we will be doing that. So next week, I've got 100 rolls of wrapping paper to pick up. And people must see me and think, why is that girl filling her car full of rolls of wrapping paper in February? That's really strange. Every shop's got their Easter eggs out at the moment, haven't they? And I'm loading up my car with Christmas wrapping paper. But we keep it in storage. And that's great because we can give out gifts to kids at Christmas time. But equally, giving out gifts is great. But they need wrapping paper or something for the families, the parents, the grandparents to wrap those gifts in so that they can open them. 
put them under the tree and have them open on Christmas morning. So the more wrapping paper we have, the better. Are you this organised for your own Christmas planning? Like, do you, do you start shopping really early for your own kids' Christmas and stuff, or does that get left to the last minute because you're that busy doing all the charity stuff? Tends to get left, partly because, well, you'll know yourself, sometimes you get the Santa list and the wish list for Christmas come out, and they can change at the very last minute, so you can't know if you have to be careful with that. But my daughter's birthday is also at the beginning of December so she's a December child and has a birthday there too so often I have to wait and see what comes in for her birthday to then work out what we're going to do at Christmas time so it does often I've seen me running around on Christmas Eve once once I've had the last applications gone out the door and then going okay Christmas what do I need to do running around the shops on Christmas Eve I can be that person (laughs) yeah and it's a good point to kind of make that cash for kids isn't just about Christmas because like I think it's fair to say I think we spoke about this when we had our kind of chat before we kind of recorded the show was a lot of people just think cash for kids mission Christmas because it's on the radio a lot more kind of Christmas time and then throughout the rest of the year maybe not so much talked about on the local radio stations. so people maybe just do think that ah, it's just something that happens at Christmas time and you know everything else but I think this has been really good to kind of get the message out there that no, you guys are like full on doing stuff all the time for people. This is not just Christmas, you know. So hopefully people listen to this and go, ah, I didn't realise that. I thought it was just a Christmas appeal thing when it's not. But you know, that's been really good. Good to learn a little bit more about yourself as well. So I guess the kind of final thing I was going to ask was then for any listeners out there who want to help, you know, get in touch with you and get involved, what are some of the easy ways that they can get involved and help to make a difference as well. Yeah, so obviously one of my jobs primarily is to raise funds. So we're looking for people always to raise funds, but equally we look for people to volunteer as well, particularly at Mission Christmas and for any events we do across the year. To me, somebody donating their time to volunteer is just as valuable as somebody donating their time to raise raise cash. I think that's really important and without them, um, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. But if anybody wants to get involved with Cash for Kids, one of the ways they can do it is head to the website, which is just tfm.co.uk forward slash Cash for Kids. And our latest news and updates will be on there, as well as for any beneficiaries, anybody that might want to apply to us for support, our grant application is on the website there as well. Equally, social media. So we have LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram as well. And our Twitter handle and Facebook handle are all the same. It's just at Cash for Kids Tay. So if you put in at Cash for Kids Tay across any of those platforms, you should be able to find us there. And then, of course, you can get in touch with me direct. So our number, if you want to contact me, was 01382 423 263. Give me a wee call. Happy to talk through, happy to meet with people, to run through ideas that they have. As I say, they can get involved with one of our biggest fundraising campaigns like Cash for Kids Day, Mission Christmas. We've got a schools and a sports challenge coming up, but they can equally donate their time, which, as I say, is just as valuable. Someone choosing to donate their time to help us with those events is amazing too. Awesome. Well, thanks very much for joining me, Claire. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. A massive thanks to Claire for sharing her story and telling us more about Cash for Kids. We're all grateful for the work that they do and making a difference in the local communities. Make sure you go and check out their website and social media channels. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast for more great interviews like this, as well as the usual IT and cybersecurity insights. Texas is an M3 Networks podcast. Find out more at m3networks.co.uk. Okay. Okay.